listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Well, you just heard the man with the golden voice from way up above at Fox Sports Radio. It's that time of week again, and we've got an epic show for you tonight. And in a world of questions, we've got answers. In a world of problems, we've got solutions. And on that note, welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the weekend adaptation. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So go to Geico.com for a free rate quote. Now tonight, although this NFL season hasn't been seamless, we take note of the imperfections and peccadillos and we acknowledge that we're seeing history and we'll take another walk down memory lane tonight. In about 15 minutes, Steve Fezzik will join via phone to chop up week 14 as the NFL enters its most important month. They always remember what you did in December. Later on, after Brian Fenley's epic update, Sleepy will weigh in on another best bet. And, of course, we close down the show with Mackinac Sports and plenty of fodder to twist your brain in knots, including a Super Bowl prediction from McKenzie. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Paul Molitor, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. You know, there's an old Chinese proverb which states, you can curse the darkness or light a candle. As we head into the final four-week stretch run of the NFL season, if you're not enjoying the history that's being made that will pave the way for future stories, well, you should... Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Case in point, 43-year-old Tom Brady is locked and loaded and rested after his week off. Of course, that won't stop the haters from telling us he's washed. And why wouldn't they? They've been doing it since 2017 when he turned 40. But since then, he's thrown 113 touchdowns against only 38 interceptions. His one-loss record is 43-17 and while getting to two Super Bowls, winning one, in making the playoffs every season since turning 40. This year, they're 7-5. and five. He's got 28 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Trust me, Brady and the Bucks will win 10 games and make the playoffs in spite of people I respect saying he would only win six games this season. Well, those folks, if you have to apologize, then I don't expect them to. Why? Well, because their disdain for Brady is personal, and those feelings permeate a world in which many folks, they like to elevate people to their highest plateau, only to tear them down with a palpable sense of glee every time they get the chance, whether it's warranted or not. Now, I repeat, there's a quarterback who has 28 touchdown passes and 11 interceptions, and he's led his team to a 7-5 and record when some folks said he went only six games. But it's been a cottage industry to bash this guy no matter what, no matter what he does. The resentment... It's becoming a little laughable to me. So let's unpack the state of fandom, COVID, 2020 version in the NFL. You know, one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes involves a fictitious baseball club, the Hoboken Zephyrs, and their plight to become a winning franchise after years as a perennial doormat. That is, until Casey and his agent show up one day looking to play. Casey, it turns out, is a left-handed pitcher and not just any pitcher. He's got a fastball Roger Clemens would envy, and he could change speeds better than Lance Armstrong. Shortly after signing, Casey proceeds to win game after game, baffling hitters as the Zephyrs begin to race for the pennant. Finally, the team climbs into first place. Things seem too good to be true, and they are. 
One day while strolling around the field during pregame, Casey is hit on the head by an errant throw, and he's carried off on a stretcher. While being examined by the team doctor, he's unable to find a heartbeat, and for good reason. Casey is a robot, and his agent is actually a scientist. Unfortunately, a little known rule in the bylaws will they prohibit Casey from playing anymore because he has no heart. Specifically, the rulebook says, nine men to a team, not eight men in a robot. The final scene shows Casey leaving the park for good, solemnly, as he exits through the outfield fence and along with him, dependent hopes of the Hopelgan Zephyrs. Isn't it funny how life imitates art? What if Casey would have happened in real life? But his obvious advantage wasn't discovered until he'd already broken the records of Cy Young or maybe Hank Aaron or Babe Ruth or Roger Maris. And how about the steroid era? See, for the rest of their lives, no matter where they go, Make no mistake, Clemens, Bond, Sosa, Palmero, Maguire, the whole bunch. They'll forever be stained by their alleged actions, which clearly gave them a competitive advantage. But make no mistake as well, they weren't the only cheaters in the history of sports. How about Ben Johnson? His unbelievable performance in the 88 Olympics prompted him to say his records would last for 50 years. But when he tested positive twice, he was banned for life five years later. Remember Rosie Ruiz? Well, she was the winner of the 1980 Boston Marathon. Yeah, right. Until she wasn't. When she was asked about her split times in a post-event presser, she said, what are split times? That's like Joey Chestnut not knowing what a hot dog is. Well, soon, Rosie Ruiz was exposed. She'd, in fact, taken a cab and cut, her, and cut her race short. And so was her victory celebration cut short as well. One of my all-time favorites also is a Little League hero by the name of Danny Almonte. Almonte became a pitching sensation during the 2001 Little League World Series. He had a fastball that equated to 95 miles an hour by Major League standards. See, the Little League pitching mound is only 46 feet away. Major League Baseball, 60 feet 6 inches. But Almonte threw so hard it equated to what would have been about 95 miles an hour. The 12-year-old Danny Almonte was way ahead of his years, literally. That's because he was about two months short of his 16th birthday when Little League age limit is 12. No wonder he struck out 62 of the 72 batters he faced. Meanwhile, I'll never forget the Tanya Harding-Nancy Kerrigan scandal. That's for sure. It happened just minutes from where I lived at the time. Now that took corruption to a whole new level. Sure, I miss those lovable goofballs Shane Stanton and Jeff Galuli, and sometimes I wonder whatever happened to them. Maybe not, but, you know, we could be here all day. I mean, you got Lance Armstrong, Marion Jones, Gaylord Perry's whole career, and the gold standard of them all, the 1919 Chicago Black Sox, just to name a few. See, athletes have been doing things to get an edge for almost 100 years, from greenies all the way up to the current technology, so... Whoever said if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, well, they might have had some inside information. But in baseball, when you tread on baseball's hallowed ground and the men who came before, the ones that, you know, they were looked upon as 10 feet tall, larger-than-life heroes who played on fields of dreams, well, then you've got a price to pay. See, by all accounts, Hank Aaron is an elegant, dignified man, and he suffered terrible retribution as he chased Babe Ruth's record. Roger Maris was an American hero. To see his record broken not once but multiple times by McGuire and Sosa and Bonds was an affront to many fans and baseball historians. And to watch Rafael Palmero 
point his finger at Congress while Roger Clemens signed autographs for sycophants out in the hallway and a bunch of starstruck imbeciles will it cheapen the greatness that could have been. See, for all the guilty parties, at least the perceived guilty, well, they'll forever bask in the twilight zone of sports history that makes you stop and scratch your head about their performance-enhanced achievements. Did they really happen? It's hard to picture them now with this cloud of uncertainty. And until then, they're but a distant memory, just like Casey in the Hoboken Zephyrs. And for all the record breakers we've chronicled, doubters and cynics will forever ask the question, is what they did for real? Was it authentic? Did it really happen? So like Casey, when it comes to McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, Clemens, Palmero, and now Tom Brady, do you really want to curse the darkness or light a candle? See, the moralist, he wants to decide what's right and what's wrong. But the artist, they prefer to see things exactly as they are, as the shades of interpretation will erode any fair or objective analysis. By any measure, Tom Brady, since turning 40, has been implausibly successful, despite certain peccadillos. Let's remember, these games are played by human beings, imperfect human beings. So while I don't give cheaters a hall pass, I don't stand in judgment either. Well, unless, of course, they don't cover the spread or they can't help us cash a bet. Then, that's different. Coming up, it's week 14 of the NFL. We've got a lot to cover. There are a lot of storylines around some key games. And who better than Steve Fezzik to join us to chop it up? And he's got a best bet on a game that I might be on the other side of, but that, that could make for a good conversation. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's that time of week. I want to welcome in a gentleman, the only two-time winner of the prestigious Super Contest here in Las Vegas. You hear him weekdays on Straight Out of Vegas from 3 to 4 Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern. It is the inimitable Steve Fezzik. Fez, how are you tonight? Well, now you mention a word I'm going to have to look up when I get off my hip. How are you, Bernie? When you grab your Funkin' Wagnalls, let me know, too. I need to make sure I use the right word. All right, Fez, uh, let's dive into this. we got a full slate. Um, I want to start right here in Las Vegas where the Colts visit uh, the Raiders. And it's an interesting game for me in that it looks, on the face of it, like an easy victory for the Colts. But, look, you still got to play the game. But I want to share this with you, and maybe you can make some sense of this to me. With Anthony Costanzo, he's a lineman for the Colts. With him in the lineup, the Colts averaged 28 points a game. Without him, they averaged 24. With him, 376 total yards a game. Without him, 339. And there's a bunch of other positive stats. One guy. <laughs> what are your, what's your thought on this game? Yeah, the left tackle is so important. And you know, part of it, I think, can be just Rivers' comfort level, level knowing that he's there. And I don't know if he's going to be there, so that's a, a big question mark. I will say this. T.Y. Hilton and uh, Jonathan Taylor 
have been bust fantasy-wise all year long for Indy. The last two games, both have had really stellar games. So the Colts have gone from a team with a struggling offense and a good defense to a good offense and a struggling defense. That means I like over in this game, over 52. Well, nice call. You know what's interesting? I was going to ask you, too. The Raiders are off back-to-back East Coast trips to Atlanta and the Jets. Does that factor in at all? I think it helps, right, because we know to play defense requires more effort. It's more difficult. So good call, two trips to the East Coast, probably going to hurt the Raiders' defense. All right, let's head to Seattle uh, where they're laying double digits. I think the line is 13-and-a-half. It it feels like this is a real letdown for the Jets. They had one, and it got away. They fired Greg Williams. But also, Fez, this Seahawks team has caught my attention their first eight games, their defense was a sieve, averaging uh, – they were allowing 30 points a game. In the last four, they've only allowed 19. And, you know, yards per, per play, uh, yards per game allowed, everything is way down. I mean, in fact, they were allowing almost 450 yards. Remember we talked about this, how it wasn't sustainable their first four games. And their last four games, they've only allowed – 310. Would you lay the wood here against the Jets? So Seattle is in a really strange situation here where they were a double-digit favorite last week. They lose outright, and now they're a double-digit favorite again. So we had our own Mackenzie Rivers run the query on this. Turns out teams do fairly well, and it makes sense. They're 12-9 and against the spread historically when they fall on their face as a big favorite, and then they wheel back as a double-digit favorite again. And that makes sense. So often when you're laying 13 and a half points, well, you take the game for granted. I don't think Seattle's going to do that. The problem, Bernie, is that the uh, wise guys hit this game, and it's up to 14 and a half, and that's just too important a number at 14. i got to pass now. Excellent point. You want to get the best of the number for obvious reasons. It seems like there's one game every week where – Fez, just a couple of weeks ago, remember folks could have had – uh, Seattle minus five and a half, and the game they they win by six, and then some people grabbed them at six and six and a half against Philadelphia. But that's a story for another day. Uh, Kansas City, Miami. This game getting a lot of attention. Eighty one percent of the tickets on Kansas City. Both teams are seven and one straight up in their last eight games. The Chiefs in their last four games they won by two, four, three, and six points respectively. They're laying north of a touchdown in Miami. What's Brian Flores going to do here? You know, I think that Brian Flores is going to contain the Kansas City Chiefs offense who has struggled in the red zone already. So Flores has some tape to see, some struggles for KC. And frankly, and no one's talking about this, Kansas City won the Super Bowl in Miami. Bernie, I could see this being like almost a little victory tour to come back to where they were victorious. And frankly, KC knows all they got to do is show up, and they win. That They've been coasting in so many games. They're at the Saints next week. I can see this being a real close game. And then, of course, KC will find a way to win it. If you bet KC, tease them down to one. If you like Miami, grab the 7.5. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. All right, the Chargers have been an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, they're catching two at home tomorrow. I've even seen some spots where that's down to 1.5. The Falcons visit Los Angeles you're lighting money on fire by backing an Anthony Lynn coach team. I don't know how you back the Chargers. Their only uh, three wins have become against teams that have not won more than two games. I mean, they beat the Jets, who haven't won a game. The Jaguars have won one game. And the Bengals, who've won two games when Joe Burrow made his debut. Do you have a side here? Well, 
the Chargers had a bad week last week. That's obvious. They lose by 45 points. I had a worse pick because I picked the Chargers, and I was laying points. So I lost by 47. So I performed worse in that game than the Chargers. Speaking of lighting their money on fire, Bernie, the Chargers are favored now in some spots. Money on the Chargers. And you always hear, hey, it's smart money on the Chargers. You know, I think it's just money. I think Atlanta's the right side catching one in some spots now. I, I honest to God, I just don't know how you back that team. But be that as it may, they still got to play the game. Saints and Eagles uh, lock horns tomorrow. Jalen Hurts makes his debut. This New Orleans defense, Fez, appears to be for real. I've jumped on the under. Yeah, and I think RJ had a real strong handicap on this. He likes the Philadelphia Eagles team total under 18 points. Jalen Hurts is not ready to be a quarterback in the NFL, I don't believe. And the Eagles have struggled offensively all year with Wentz. And now they go against arguably the best defense, the way they're playing currently, the Saints. They've held five straight opponents to under 17 points. McKenzie ran the numbers for us. Only one other team in the NFL has been able to do that the last four years. That was the New England team that started so well defensively last year. Eagles aren't going to score against the Saints. And as I'm sure you know, the Saints have not allowed more than 16 points in their last five games. And Jalen Hurts didn't exactly light it up last week, completing 41% of his passes. So, I boy, I'll tell you, I think you're right on. Uh, the uh, Eagles are going to have a hard time uh, scoring points tomorrow. Fez, Houston and Chicago brought some interesting debate between you and RJ this week. But i got to tell you, uh, I would not write off the Bears here. I don't think that, you know, Deshaun Watson is very good, but he's not Superman. I think he's going to go into a tougher environment than people think. Yeah, RJ completely disagrees with me. My handicap is sparse, but I think it is strong. Bottom line is going to be in the 30s, and i got a dome team from the south that has played in one adverse weather condition game all year long, and we saw Houston put up seven points in a wind tunnel in Cleveland in November. Well, now they're going to have to deal with snow flurries and the cold in Chicago, and it won't surprise me if I see Watson shivering on the sideline after he throws only for 230 yards and two picks as the Bears come out of their hibernation and win this game. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch pay. Uh, special attention uh, to this game. Talking with Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the uh, prestigious Hilton, now Westgate contest here in Las Vegas. Fez, uh, Tampa Bay, back from their bye week. Tom Brady, 14-4, and off a bye. I just don't know how anybody trusts this Minnesota Vikings team. They've just got to be a terrible disappointment for their backers. However, they're catching six and a half tomorrow. Who do you like? My power ratings say that this spread should be lower, Bernie, but I can't get past the fact that Tampa's been home for a month. They lost two home games to good teams by three points. Then they had their bye. Surely you would expect TB and company to bring it in this game. I didn't bet the game. I think you could tease Tampa down to minus a half. All right, fair enough. Please don't call me Shirley, though. That's an airline, airplane reference. Never mind. Uh, Fez, Baltimore, Cleveland. Uh, look, the, if Bill Parcells is right, you are what your record says you are, then Cleveland's a good football team. But every time I back him, I get smacked in the face. There's people I respect that like Baltimore, and there's people I respect that like Cleveland. Why don't you be the tiebreaker here? 
I think this game is easy. Right now, Baltimore's laying three. It's up to three in most spots, Bernie. This is the rule of three game. And what do I mean by the rule of three? Let's take that spread and move it three points in each direction. If I told you Cleveland was hosting Baltimore and the game was pick em, I think a lot of people would say, yeah, that sounds about right. If I told you Cleveland was catching six points at home at Baltimore, you and I would, like, run out and grab every dollar we had to bet Cleveland plus six in what was an obvious, clear mistake. Well, if six is an obvious, clear mistake, then three is wrong as well. I think you've got to bet Cleveland. Yeah, I, I am. They were getting eight and a half week one against Baltimore, and they came close. They only lost 38-6. to six, and I, But since then, Kevin Stefanski – has gotten his uh, his running game going, so you got to give Cleveland some respect. And they're going to go to the playoffs. Hey, this Stefanski is a great coach. You know, passes to Baker Mayfield to convert fourth downs, passes to O linemen to get touchdowns in the red zone on third down. Very creative. Absolutely, and, and you know what? The aforementioned Minnesota Vikings had him uh, last year. All right, let's go to Buffalo, where I think actually we might be on the. Opposite sides. To me, it's a, what I call a recency bias game here. But why don't you take the floor? Go ahead. All right. My best bet is the Buffalo Bills minus two. It is all about the energy level of both teams. Now, both these teams played on Monday night. So it looks like they both had six days to prepare equal in terms of energy level. However, we've got a Pittsburgh Steelers team that's playing the third game in 11 days. Further, Pittsburgh, I can argue, hasn't had a bye all year long because even when they were inactive week four, they thought they were going to be playing that week. Buffalo just had a bye week 11 very recently. Buffalo is 5-1 and one their last six games. Asterisk, all right, I'm going to call them 6-0. and oh. I'm going to pretend they knocked the Hail Mary down. And if that was the case, we wouldn't even be blinking at this line, and Buffalo would be 10-2, and two, and we'd say Buffalo clearly should be minus three in the much better spot. So I think that one game actually is giving us value. I hear what you're saying, Bernie, that we all saw Pittsburgh fade completely against Washington in the second half. However, who's to say they're not going to fade again? A fatigued team. I like Buffalo. Well, I'll tell you this. Josh Allen versus top 10 defense is 3-0 with a 76% completion rating, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. I can't lie. I am on the other side. Fez, one thing is an old adage as someone we've both been betting for decades Whenever I have a team that has a better record and they're getting points, I have a tendency to lean that way. Your final thoughts on that alone? Mm, that's interesting. Um, I think it really all depends upon the circumstances, especially in a crazy COVID year like this, Bernie. I think all the normal rules get broken. All right, very good. Great stuff tonight, Fez. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you, Bernie. Good night. That is Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the prestigious Hilton Now. Westgate Super Contest here in Las Vegas. Coming up, we've got Sleepy's best bet. He's been on a roll, and I'm going to talk about three recency bias games and give my side of the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game uh, right after this. But first, well, let's go to the man. Well, when he's good, he's good. But when he's bad, he's even better. It's Brian Finley with the latest. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bernie. The number six Florida Gators have a habit now of imploding during very winnable games. There's the snap, the set down, the kick is up, on the way, it is going to be no good! And LSU has stunned the Gators and snapped Florida's 12-game winning streak in the swamp on a field goal that came up dry. 
The iconic Mick Hubert on the call for the Florida Gators Radio Network. Evan McPherson misfires from 51 yards and the under 500 LSU Tigers tortured number six Florida 37-34. Afterwards, Gators head coach Dan Mullen was asked how his second loss of this season could impact his team's chances of making the college football playoff. Mullen, packed with hubris, replied, quote, I guess the best thing to do would have been to play less games because you seem to get rewarded for not playing this year in college football, close quote. Keaton Slovis fires five touchdown passes, the signature one to Amon Ross St. Brown with under one minute to put number 15 USC in front of UCLA for good 43-38 the final. Now the Trojans turn their attention to Washington for the Pac-12 championship set for Friday at the Coliseum. 18th ranked BYU smothers San Diego State 28-14. Cougars QB Zach Wilson excelling with three touchdowns. Earlier 13th ranked Coastal Carolina comes back in the final minute to quell Troy 42-38 and Stay undefeated at 11 and 0. 17th ranked North Carolina mowing down number 10 Miami 62-26. Heels running backs Michael Carter and Javante Williams covered a combined 544 yards on the ground, an NCAA record for a team's duo in a single game. Now we go back to Bernie Frado, a man who post-pandemic will have a new side hustle. Yes. He will be putzing around in his new motorhome and spreading the word about his bird watching club. It's Bernie Frado. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Brian the Silver Tongue Devil Finley. And now you know why. All right. Sleepy has been uh, very solid, very productive, very profitable with his uh, best bets. Most of them are props, player props. And tomorrow's no different. And it involves a quarterback, a certain quarterback. And if you're a bargain shopper, you're going to want to hear what Sleepy has to say. Let's give it a listen. All right, Bernie, here we go. NFL Week 14 best bet. I'm going to go ahead and give everybody a player prop for this week. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Kyler Murray to rush for more than 36 and a half rushing yards. Now, Bernie, I'm buying this one at rock bottom pricing. Getting Kyler Murray at this number of 36 and a half rushing yards just four weeks ago would be absolutely unthinkable. Kyler Murray's rushing yards were set in the mid to high 60s basically all season long. So why the massive drop right now in his rushing yards? Well, Murray had a noticeable shoulder injury that was clearly hampering him, and I believe the Cardinals head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, really wanted to go ahead and keep Murray away from taking any unwanted hits. But now was not the time for the Cardinals to continue with Murray not running the football. The Cardinals have now lost three straight games, and they're in jeopardy of missing the playoffs if they keep on extending this losing streak. Murray has only rushed the ball five times in each of the last three games. The Cardinals lost every game. In fact, when Murray has had six or less rushes in a game, they've lost every game this season. So I fully expect Kingsbury to let Kyler off the leash here against this Giants defense. Speaking of the Giants defense, they played one legit running quarterback all season long, and that was last week against Russell Wilson, who ran for 45 yards, which that eclipses Murray's total right now of 36 and a half. I believe Murray is healthy now. I also believe Kingsbury will ask Kyler to run this week, and I believe that's the only recipe for the Cardinals to win games is if Murray is running the football. Therefore, Bernie, my NFL Week 14 best bet, Kyler Murray over 36 and a half rushing yards. So they head to New York tomorrow to play the Giants, and uh, I think Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, will turn Kyler Murray loose. I think he has to. This is a, a playoff game of sorts 
for the Arizona Cardinals. And I always hesitate to use the term must win because that doesn't mean you're going to win because it's a must win. 31 of the 32 NFL teams every season will lose the game. They must win. But be that as it may, Kyler is the engine that makes that team run. And I do believe that he will have his opportunities tomorrow. And uh, that should spark uh, that uh, that Arizona offense. And, you know, he could break one run for 36 yards. So sounds like another really strong play uh, by Sleepy. All right, Fez and I just uh, debate. Well, we didn't really have a debate. Uh, he has actually the Buffalo Bills minus two as his best bet tomorrow. And I can't lie, and I rarely go against Fez, but I have elected to get on the other side. I've got Pittsburgh plus two, and it's one of three what I call recency bias games in that we always have a tendency, human beings, to overreact to what we saw last. And what did we see last? Buffalo was outstanding, and Josh Allen completely picked apart uh, Robert Saleh's defense in a very good 49ers team. So now they head back home, and uh, they're in the catbird seat to win that division and perhaps make a playoff run. Here's a couple of things, though. Now, not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso might say. Number one, uh, Pittsburgh, as a dog, 9-5 and five in the last three years, and Mike Tomlin, as a dog, in his last 20, or 22, 17-5. So, I think Pittsburgh getting points here is one reason I look at them. Defensively, they're number one in sacks, they're number one in takeaways, and number one in points allowed. And the last time a team uh, had accomplished those things into December, all three were the 85 Bears. So I believe Pittsburgh's defense tomorrow is going to rise to the occasion. We'll see. But Buffalo's defense, and this is part of the mix here, is not particularly stellar. They're allowing almost 26 points a game. That's good enough to rank 18th in the NFL. They're allowing just under 380 yards per game. That's 21st ranked in the NFL. And they're allowing five and a half, check that, 5.9 yards per play. That's 23rd in the NFL. Add it all up. I have a, I just have a feeling here, the pedigree that the Steelers bring into this game is going to be on display, and I know they've played. This is their third game in 12 days. I'm tired of hearing it. We don't know how tired they're really going to be. Let's see what happens. And someone even said to me the other day, well, it's, it, that's a good loss. Now there's no more pressure having to do with, you know, going undefeated. No, they don't look at it that way. There's no such thing as a good loss. It's like a good kidney stone. You don't want one of those either. So we'll see. Only one of us can be right. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching the game. I've got Pittsburgh plus two tomorrow at Buffalo. The other game, and Sleepy just talked about this, Arizona laying two at the New York Giants. Again, recency bias. The Cardinals were held to 232 total yards last week. Meanwhile, the Giants give a lot of credit to Joe Judge and what they've done there. And Daniel Jones is back tomorrow. Without uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, they've run seven straight games. They've had over 100 yards rushing. Be that as it may, there's a series of statistics I'm not going to Bore you with, I like the Arizona Cardinals minus two tomorrow over the New York Giants game to be played in New York. The other recency bias game, the 49ers 
are home against the Washington football team. This is the third straight road game for the Washington football team. Niners last week, they looked terrible. Against Buffalo, their defense got ripped for 34 yard, 34 points, 449 yards. They lost by 10 to the Bills. Again, this is Washington's third straight road game, and they have looked good. They've, uh, you've got to really appreciate and respect their physical attitude and the, what an incredible job Ron Rivera has done. And the same can be said for Alex Smith. If he's not the comeback player of the year, then they should just get rid of the award. But there's one thing here that I call the clincher, and this trend is 10-0 in the last 10 years. You play against any team who was a dog the week before, won outright, and covered the spread by 14 points or more. The following week, you fade them, and that's the Washington football team who's heading into San Francisco for their third straight road game. Again, another recency bias game. The 49ers did not look good last week, and the Washington football team looked very good. So those are three games there. We'll see what happens. Obviously, people are very influenced by what they saw last, but in the National Football League, every given Sunday is like its own snowflake coin flip they're all different. And when they kick the game off, anything can happen. Coming up, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Mackinac Sports, Mackenzie Rivers, he's going to have a Super Bowl prediction, and I'll grill him. But as usual, he'll probably have some very good statistics to back up his prediction. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team. Back in Los Angeles, every day is like Christmas working with these guys. They do a very good job. Chris Perfett, Eric Roberts, and Brian, the silver-tongued devil, Finley. All right, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Time for Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. And let's just dive right in. Don't bury the lead. Tonight's segment has to do with your prediction of who will win Super Bowl 55. It's not just my prediction. It's our Super Bowl 55 champion introducing... Ladies and gentlemen, it is the New Orleans Orleans Saints, the Louisiana boys. They're going to do it. The last dance of Drew Brees. That's been the story of the year since May. It was the story of the summer. Drew Brees' controversial statements. It's going to end in February with Sean Payton and Drew Brees having a second smile. A legacy-defining second Super Bowl champion. I was was watching that Florida-LSU game. What a game. And it just came to me, and I'm convinced of it. I'll be laying plus 600 down tonight, Super Bowl champions. All right. Let's unpack this for just a second because I'm not necessarily going to say you're wrong. We're in agreement on one thing, and that is that the Chiefs aren't going to repeat. It's hard to I mean, repeat. I've, got, I've got Pittsburgh, but hard this is your segment, so let's deal with you. One of the things that causes me to raise a bit of a flag is that hothouse teams, dome teams, I call them hothouse teams, don't win Super Bowl championships, especially if they have to go on the road during the playoffs. So this is critical. 
Will the Saints finish the regular season in a way to where they don't have to leave the friendly confines? Well, let's look at the odds, Bernie. 62% chance right now on NFL 538 that they're going to have the number one seed. The only time they'll have to leave is to go down to Tampa Bay, where they've actually played many times. They'll be pretty familiar when that Super Bowl, Super Bowl occurs in Tampa Bay this February. But, Bernie, they're going to, they're going to win tomorrow. They're, yeah, they're, they're going to beat Philadelphia. Gonna okay, hold that Philadelphia thought. Tomorrow. Hold that thought. So you've got Philly. I'm giving you that. That's your 11th win. Yes. Then you've got Kansas City and Minnesota at home, and you finish the season at Carolina. Kansas City's a loss. Drew Brees will be just working his way back in. That's okay. We'll take that one. That's a loss. What was the next one? Minnesota. Minnesota. That's, that's going to be a tough yeah, one. Yeah, Minnesota I, always wins the games they're not supposed to. And Kirk Cousins, actually, if you look at the advanced metrics, has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, what time is that game? Because if that's a 1 o'clock start yeah, time, yeah, right. Kirk Cousins might win that one. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say we, we edge that one. The Saints get by well, that Well, let's one. just say for giggles they go 2-2 two and two down this. Just, just Okay, just for purposes yeah, of this. At that point, so they'll the, be 12-4. 12 and 12-4. Four. Four. and four. The only team that could catch them is the Packers, and the Packers have, have a few uh, lined up that will be make it a little difficult. But when, when they win tomorrow, there's 75% chance, three-fourths, to have three straight games in the Dome. And actually, Bernie, they'll be the only team – with only three three games to win the Super Bowl, the number one seed is so vital this year with all these great NFC teams, the Rams, the Packers, they're right there in the mix. Having to skip that game is going to be huge for the Saints. All right, so I only think there are four teams. I think there are five teams in the NFC. One is the Saints. So let's uh, let's go down the list real quick. should quickly. be interesting. I have four written down here. Let's see which one. Well, uh, okay, so I will tell you what. Let's start with Tampa Bay. Yes. Give me a reason – that uh, Tampa Bay can win the Super Bowl and a reason they won't. No man walking the earth has six Super Bowl rings as a player besides Tom Brady. That's one reason why he could add a seventh. Why not offensively? I just think they're too predictable. If they're doing great, they can run. But if the things get bad, they haven't been able to run through adversity. It seems like they're either clicking or completely bogged down on offense. All right, let's go to the Rams. The Rams were recently in the Super Bowl. They cleaned the little house. Straighten some things really out. Sean, Sean McVay went out and hired himself a new defensive coordinator. It's making a huge difference. Tell me why the Rams can win the Super Bowl, but why they won't. You just nailed it. Brandon Staley is, is, is turning some heads with this defense, maybe the best in the league. Why they won't? One turnover at least in every single game this season. That's the kind of thing that gets you in trouble in the February and, and January. Mm, well, interesting. All right, look, the Seattle Seahawks – frankly, I think are a long shot. But anytime you've got Russell Wilson, you can't write them off. And in the last four games, Seattle seems to have found their defense. Yes, Jamal Adams is about to set the record for sacks by a defensive back. Pretty impressive stuff. And Dunlap, speaking of that sound, uh, actually has been getting a couple sacks himself. So they're they're trending in the right direction. That is one reason why they can win the Super Bowl. But... The defense is still one of the worst in the league. It's hard to do that four games in a row. In the well, they were. They were. But uh, McKenzie, I talked about this earlier in the show, the first eight games, Seattle was allowing 30 points a game. The last four, only 19. First eight games, 460 yards per game. Last four, only 310. Just under five yards a play before six and a half. But let's skip to the real team that could be a flying yeah. Whiteman. And I think that's Green Bay. And I think if the Saints have to go to Green Bay, that's going to be a real problem. With that slippery grass, it will be tough. That's why it will be critical to see who gets the number one seed. And a large part of my handicap, why I think this is a good bet at plus 600, is I see the Saints getting that number one seed and being able to say, hey, Aaron Rodgers, come back down to New Orleans and play us a second time and see if you can beat us again. You know, real quickly, before we run out of time, because Breeze will come back, he had like 48 broken ribs. I guess he 
We're just going to assume he'll be healthy. But this isn't the first time a quarterback starter has gone down, taken a hiatus, come back, and led their team to the Super Bowl. 1998, Bubby Brister had to fill in for John Elways for four games with a hamstring injury. 2015, Peyton Manning, the the ostrich, had to fill in for seven games in the regular season. That rest helped Peyton Manning somehow get over the hump and win that Super Bowl. 2016, Tom Brady suspended four games for conspiracy to commit espionage or whatever they said. (laughs) He came back and had that extra gas to get the Super Bowl done. Even Patrick Mahomes missed four games last year. I don't think missing this time will will hurt Drew Brees. I think it will help him. I think he gets it done for the second time in his career. All right, there you have it. We'll see if McKenzie's right. This should be fun to watch. We're in agreement. I don't think Kansas City is going to repeat, and that means maybe the Saints, maybe the Steelers, my team. We'll be watching it. It's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. Next up, it's the man from Nashville who brings it strong. It's time for the Jason Martin Show. Keep it locked. Straight out of Vegas!